We'll talk about the Charlotte Hornets' second preseason game against the Indiana Pacers, and if this year the Hornets should be put in the play-in hopeful category. That's all today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. That does include YouTube. Doug, I feel like I need to go grab a couple $14 Modellos and do the show. You know, have a little loosey-goosey. Loosey-goosey. <laughs> no, because, no, I don't want you to do that because that means that I then have to become the adult. You know, I have to become – when you when you're it, it sort of resets mm. our whole dynamic because I right. feel like then I have to come – in and make sure that everything is you know remains on the table nothing falls down and breaks uh so no i prefer to be over here and i want to be loosey-goosey that's where i feel like i win that's fine and to be fair it wasn't the couple of uh 14 modellos at bank of america it might have been a few of the beers before entering the stadium and getting a couple of those modellos watching baker mayfield it's it's funny looking at some of the offensive stats for the panthers through four games because it's like literally the worst in 20 years some of these stats come in and i hope we don't have to watch that defensively with the hornets offensively they're going to be great at least i hope so and well it's all right they don't have miles bridges now but you know still i i hope the hornets aren't going to be that bad that's the best way to put it i hope they're not going to be that bad but here we are we're going to talk about what category they should be in as locked on nba does their preseason their regular season preview and what's happening is there's a round table of all these different franchises for play and hopefuls championship contenders right they have a whole bunch of different categories that all of these round tables are going to circulate so we'll get to that in just a moment but there is a second preseason game to talk about doug Thank against goodness. the indiana pacers <laughs> 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 wanting to move on from the first preseason game yeah yeah i don't want to ever think about that pre although they did have one of these you know they i think they lost by 68 to the dallas mavericks in a preseason so like you know, this oh, is the, the, wow. I forgot about that. Right. right. I mean, so, so yeah. So this is very yeah. At least this happened on fake national TV on NBA TV. So this mm-hmm. is very this is very Hornetsy. Although I will say to your former point, yeah, it feels like Steve Clifford was guaranteeing that this team was still going to be fun to watch and exciting on offense, and that he hoped to improve the defense. But I don't know that that's so much a guarantee after that first preseason game. And something I'll be watching in this second preseason game: guard play. Can can this be a functional offense without the services of Miles Bridges? James Booknight didn't look good in the first one. Lamella was off, and the the defense was off. I think they, yeah, PJ was, was off. Jalen McDaniels was five of seven and he looked like Michael Jordan out there for this team and so defensively they gave up 134 points (laughs) (laughs) what else is bad here you know it's all it's going going swimmingly and we are the dog in the house burning down saying this is fine let's continue to do that we'll see what happens against the Pacers tonight but what are you watching for against the Pacers especially with Gordon Hayward and Cody Martin being listed as doubtful so we don't know for sure if they're going to play in this game but with that designation it doesn't look good no, and it seems like they are being super careful with injuries. And it makes sense from a certain perspective because this is not a team that can sustain multiple injuries to major rotation pieces. And Gordon Hayward, despite what you may think about him, is a major rotation piece. They've just 
re-signed Cody Martin, so they've got some more money tied up in him. They don't want any of these sort of nagging injuries in the preseason to turn into major injuries heading into the season. And this team needs to get off to a good start. So it, it just behooves them to be careful. Although I wonder, you know, if you don't get these guys some run at some point in the preseason, does that sort of affect how they begin their season. I mean, eventually you have to take the kid gloves off and let these guys get in there and dust it up unless you plan to sit them at the beginning of the regular season. Anyway, all right, that's my that's my injury rant. Uh, what am I watching in this game? I'm watching LaMelo Ball. You know, he's going to be the best player on the floor tonight. All-star, he's the most talented player on the floor tonight. Or not? Well, yeah, tonight. This is airing on Wednesday. We're taping on Tuesday. So I want to see LaMelo Ball show that he's the best player on the floor. There were, that he looked like he was kind of finding his way, shaking off a little rust, made some w- weird plays in that first game. I want him to start to dominate. Uh, that's one of the things that I'm watching. Yeah, Mark Williams is another guy, right? I mean, we were kind of hard on him in the first game, and Steve Clifford didn't play Mark Williams until, what was it? Was it the 11-minute mark of the third quarter? He didn't so play no, until the second? No, no, no. Three. Three-minute mark three of minute the third mark. quarter. Okay. Deep yeah. into the third quarter. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, three minutes. In a game, in a game, Walker, this wasn't like, I mean, you're missing Gordon Hayward and Cody, so this isn't going to be your regular rotation anyway, but he was giving some young guys a chance to get, you know, some extended run through the middle of the first quarter into the second quarter. So it's not like Steve Clifford didn't have an opportunity to play Mark Williams. It's that he wanted extended looks at other players, Mason Plumley and Nick Richards. And Mark Williams is comfortably the third center on this team right now. Yeah, I, I said in this in this roundtable for play in hopefuls that it looks like Mark Williams is out of the rotation unless you think they're going to run with three centers, not including P.J. Washington at small ball five, because he flat out told you, Steve Clifford did, Mason Plumlee was going to be the starter. Nick Richards is going to be the backup after this impressive offseason, according to Steve Clifford. That didn't leave any room for Mark Williams to come in and play center. And P.J. Washington clearly going to be the small ball five. So, yeah, he's out of the rotation. It would also indicate as to why Mark didn't play until you were at the three-minute mark in the third quarter. I hope we do get him early. I hope that he gets a little of those jitters out of his system. I hope that he plays, not that he plays harder, because I don't think it was a motor issue. It was just the fact that we were talking about the lack of physicality. It's something Steve Clifford has been really worried about and what he's talked about. I also want to see LaMelo, Mark play on the floor together and Mm -hmm. run that pick and roll and have Mark be the lob threat. Because I don't, I mean, if Mark is, I mean, sure, you can be soft rolling to the basket 100%, but you might get a foul called against you, right? Like it can be used as a benefit if that is the case. If it is so blatant that you get pushed out of the paint on a roll, maybe there's a foul there. Um, Also, LaMelo is just good at driving to the basket. So let's, let's, I want to see that, Doug, a couple of things regarding Mark Williams as to what I want to see tonight. Yeah, and and will he? Yeah, exactly. Will he play against the second string center for the Indiana Pacers, or is he going deep? You know, against uh, Gogo Patatse or something. Uh, you know, and and can he do a little bit better than he did in his matchup against the Celtics? He has to make a better case. He did not make a case. <laughs> and you got to make you're, all you're doing is making a case to to get more minutes over Nick Richards. And with all due respect to Nick Richards, that shouldn't be all that difficult if you are a super talented prospect. Uh, and and the Hornets, you know, I, I think the Hornets after last season seeing James Booknight and Kai Jones languish in Greensboro would be incentivized to play Mark Williams. But if Mark Williams is not making that case 
then he's not going to play. It's like it's not a given. And so, yeah, I hope he makes a better case. And and look, you know, this Pacers team that they're playing, it's going to be a much, uh, I, w- I would say, better indication of where the Hornets are than playing the defending Eastern Conference champions who kind of came out and – seem to want to make a statement that they're you know ready to they're gearing up already game one they're they're sort of getting ready for the season they weren't wasting any time uh but this Pacers team uh has had some changes but but not a not an immense amount of talent looks like they're gonna be starting their rookie Ben Matherin at the two guard position I know you love that you love Ben Matherin you're a big Ben Matherin fan you're gonna you're gonna be excited to watch that guy play I am. Uh, you called me out. I feel like I'm in trouble for liking Ben Matherin. What happened? No, you're always, you're uh, all, I can't get you to shut up. You're always like, Ben Matherin, Ben Matherin. It's like, oh, okay. get out of here. Get out of here. But for real, though, I am excited to watch <laughs> Ben Matherin. Um, by the way, I was looking at the Pacers roster just when you mentioned the second stringers, third stringers for the, for the centers on the roster. Mm-hmm. They have a million of them. Right? Mm-hmm. Rem- remember that summer where the Knicks just went out and signed every guy 6'9", 6'10", or taller? So mm-hmm. the Pacers have Daniel Tice, Isaiah Jackson, Miles Turner, Goga Batase. I think there was one other guy that I'm missing here. Oh, Terry, Jalen Smith. Terry Taylor? Well, is that his name? I don't think I don't think that's a real name. Um, but <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. I'm pretty sure they've got a Terry Taylor on their team. <laughs> but but Jalen Smith, I just talked with Tony East of Locked On Pacers, and they're gonna try to make him a power forward, despite him having played center his entire life. So a bunch oh, of big look guys at that third string power forward according to ESPN one at Terry Taylor uh, under O'Shea Brissett. Okay, Terry Taylor. There you go. I, you know, played my, my 33 knowledge. games. Played 33 games last season, uh, which I think is his first. Yeah, it was his first season in the league. He's a sophomore. Sophomore. Some people say sophomore. I yeah. don't say that. I say sophomore. I, I think it's a silent O. Uh, 21.6 minutes per game. 61% from the field in those 21 yeah. minutes. Whew, efficient. 9.6 points. 5.2 rebounds per game for Terry Taylor. Oh, yeah, he's, he's listed as a shooting guard, though ESPN has him as the third power forward. So I'm not sure what that's about. All right, move over, Matt Thomas Bump. <laughs> We've got a Terry Taylor one now. That's the one we're rolling with. Coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. Do they deserve to be in the play-in hopeful category? Should they be in a category higher than that? Or are you so out on the Charlotte Hornets' success this year that you think the Hornets should be listed in a tankathon category? All of them, I could hear your case and could be interested in every single one of them. Let's talk about Prize Picks first, though. Prize Picks has been a proud partner with us here for a while now. You can pick two to five players, and if those players score more or less than the Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections that are available, and they offer projections on any sport that you watch. NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball. No, I'm not done. Women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, eSports, NASCAR, all right, I'll move up. Nope, I'm not done. NASCAR, Whoa. tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf, Euro basketball. <laughs> no way. Cricket. Disc golf. Yeah. That's. <laughs> yeah. Disc golf, Doug. Okay. <laughs> disc golf. And also <laughs> cricket. I'm not even done because they have to put more here. This, I, I love prize picks, man. How about because pickle, they just have me list. How about pickleball? It, it, it might be in People the more can't category. Shut up about pickleball. 
I want to play it, by the way. I haven't played it yet, but I want to. It's the fastest growing thing here in Charlotte. Prize Picks is also the fastest growing fantasy website out there. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. You have safe and fast withdrawals. Currently, it's operational in over 30 states, and it's operational in Canada, too, in case you're listening to us from Toronto. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up today and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. You get the deal now. Don't forget to enter promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit matchup again up to $100 more Hornets preseason game against the Pacers coming up next locked on Hornets is locked on Hornets Walker sometimes you don't have to have the best package okay. sometimes you just have to have the only package if you wait or this is uh if my dating life uh, taught me anything sometimes you just have to wait around long enough until you're the only thing remaining and then suddenly you look pretty great in comparison. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. That bump, Doug, reminds me of what I've seen in training camp. It reminds me of the all of the shooting videos where Mark Williams is shooting three-pointers. And then following Mark Williams shooting three-pointers, you have Mason Plumley coming in with his left-handed form because it's not only at the charity stripe, folks. He is extending his left-handed range. A right-handed player, he's shooting three-pointers with his left hand, extending it at least further than the free-throw line. But that's what it reminds me of. In comparison, one of those looks pretty great. And it ain't Mason Plumley, so that's what it reminds me of. Uh, this this whole Mason Plumley, I mean, look, I'm 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 happy for him that he feels like it feels more comfortable. He's trying to figure some things out. It doesn't look very sexy, and honestly, I think the whole affair is a little embarrassing. Like that we keep oh, treating don't, this. Oh, don't dump well, on him while no, he's down. Look, I'm just saying that we're treating this like it's some like fun. This is the National Basketball Association, and changing it up. Then he misses his first three free throw attempts like I I'll honestly look I mean it's going to benefit the Hornets if he gets it figured out because he was so bad at free throws last season and and really in a way that he has not been bad previously at free throws but he was so bad last season that at times he became unplayable well I'm not confident enough in Nick Richards and Mark Williams at this point for Mason Plumley to be unplayable if Mason Plumley suddenly becomes unplayable the Hornets have like a serious problem so uh, yeah, I hope they get that figured and, out. Uh, it so, honestly just forces you to play Mark Williams, which I'd be okay with, and he can knock down free throws. Um, but you're right. Mason Plumley only has two hands. I don't know what other hand he would go with if he can't shoot with his left. So it's, he's running out. All right. Well, on a, some more important things, I've been doing some research during the break uh, because I had to figure out who the best disc golf player in the world. If I'm going to be doing disc golf picks on prize picks, i got to figure this out. So just I to just help people it. out. Ricky Waisaki is going to be your number one disc golf player in the world. Eagle McMahon. <laughs> Eagle. Eagle McMahon. For all McMahon. you Scrubs fans out there. I don't know if that's a nickname. I'm going to pretend like it's not a nickname, and it's just Eagle McMahon is his actual name. And on, on the so women's good. side, it's Kristen Tatter and Paige Pierce are your number one and two players in the world in disc golf. So there you go. 
That's got excellent. that info for you. Hey, you know, I have to say one more thing on the preview. By the way, the bet online uh, lines are not out for this game. They are doing preseason lines, but they're they're coming out sort of day by day as opposed to you you can bet on the 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 season opener right now. The Hornets are giving three points to the San Antonio Spurs. But I'm going to say, if I had to guess the line, Walker, I'm going to say this one's going to be pretty close because I think they have the Hornets and the Pacers sort of rated pretty close. I'm going to say point, point and a half, and the Hornets are getting the points. I think they're actually going to give the Pacers uh, the benefit of the doubt here, actually, over the Hornets, I think. Uh, I would say the Hornets are favored if they're at home. So same thing, just swing it in the Hornets' favor. Do you have the actual line for anything else that's been out there, or are we waiting for the prize picks line to come out? Or, uh, We're waiting or for the bet, bet online, online bet line online. to come out. Yeah. yeah, I don't have it yet. So Sorry, I was uh, just, thinking cricket lines. I did, forgot right. to come back to bet online. Just double check it. I would say don't – I just want to give some advice to the degenerates out there, and, and God love you. Don't bet on the Hornets in the preseason. They they are not coming into this thing ready to win preseason games quite yet. I think they're going to lose uh, m- maybe not handily to the Pacers, but I think they're going to lose this game. So please don't don't bet on the Hornets in the preseason. All right, well, you see the corn emoji there, the preview versus Indiana. It's a beautiful thing, the lumpy thing with knobs. It's got the juice, all of that. We're playing the Indiana Pacers in this second preseason game, and I had a chance to talk with Locked On Pacers host Tony East because we were both put into the play-in hopeful category. Okay, got love for Indiana. It was the team that made me fall in love with NBA basketball, watching the 2000. No, don't say that. It's not true. It's not true, and I won't have you slander me like that. <laughs> I do like Ben Matherin, though. Come on. All right, all right, Ben Matherin. Um, when you look at the 2000 finals team, love Jalen Rose, Reggie Miller, and then I transferred my love to the Hornets, Jamal Mashburn, David Wesley. Loved all that, right? Got love for both of them. I am also, with all the love there, not sure that they should be in the play-in hopeful category. Whoa. And, in fact, it kind of puts what things What was the category? Pers- well, hold on, hold on, hold on. What was the category below... Or, yeah, I guess there has to be a category below. I don't know the hopeful. name of it. I, I called it Tankathon in my tease, but that was really because I couldn't think of anything on the fly. And so I just said Tankathon. It sounded pretty good, to be honest with you. I don't know if there's copyright from the website. So I'm sorry about that. Um, you can talk to my lawyer, but I just went with Tankathon. It, it's the category I feel like the Pacers should be in. And the fact that they're with the Hornets. And and look, if they have Miles Turner and Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton, you know, like those those are three solid players. I guess I'm operating from a point that one of those guys or you know people besides Tyrese will get traded. It, it goes to show you here, Doug. They fired James Brago because they didn't feel like they should be getting destroyed in the play-in tournament anymore. You got worse this offseason based off of your personnel because you didn't bring anybody in. We've talked about it a million times this year, this offseason. It's all going to have to come from LaMelo improving, PJ, Gordon staying healthy. We've we've done this a million times. All that being said, I think this is the right category for the Charlotte Hornets hmm. to be a play-in hopeful. The Vegas hmm. over-under on their win total is 36.5. That is 11th in the Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference got a lot better. I can't get mad at Nick Angstad and Locked On NBA putting us in the play-in hopeful category because then I was asked the question, well, what is their ceiling? It's like, I, I, can't, I can't tell you that this is going to be a six seed. That, that's not anything I can tell you with this Hornets roster. I'm hoping to get an eight seed to have home court advantage in the play-in tournament, and that's everything goes right. I'm probably thinking eight or seven. Is any of that what I just said wrong, Doug? 
No, I don't think so. And I think it's an indicator when you look at the teams that are in this group, Charlotte, Sacramento, Detroit, Indiana, and Washington, it's an indicator that the line between play and hopeful and team that's going to be tanking for Wibanyama is pretty thin. I mean, you're talking about an injury here, an injury there, and all of a sudden any of these five teams could find themselves 20 games into the season re-evaluating what their expectations are. And I think it's really interesting that Steve Clifford did not mention what his expectations were for the team in media day, and he seems to be holding those, continuing to hold those close to the vest until uh, the the it seems like the, maybe the end of this preseason. I don't know if he's ever going to mention what he feels like this team is actually trying to accomplish, because I think it's such a question mark at this point. Uh, what you know, it really, and it, it's going to come down to health. Like if Charlotte stays healthy and all of these other teams don't, then I think Charlotte has a better chance than not of overperforming those expectations. But it only takes one or two injuries, and suddenly your your franchise has a completely different outlook. Yeah, and it could be better or worse for you. If you have a couple of injuries and it's on your team, obviously it doesn't look good. That's certainly possible for the Hornets. And if it's for another team there, the problem is it's going to have, have to happen with a couple of different franchises, right? And and this is the thing I'm paying attention to most because of all the teams that are ahead of you, that finished ahead of you last year in the standings, Cleveland was nine. We know Cleveland just got better. Atlanta was eight. We know yeah, why that? Why'd they get better? better? What did they do? They, they traded for your boy. They traded for your oh, boy, Donovan Mitchell. Man. Oh, and, man, that'd be nice. That, that yeah. must be cool. Yeah. It's also no, it cool. Awesome. Like, if you're if you're Indiana, it, it must be, like, really cool to have Ben Matherin. You draft Ben Matherin pretty high, but you draft Ben Matherin, lottery pick, and then you go, hey, he's good enough to start. And the team has talent. they got Tyrese Halliburton. they got Buddy Heald. They've got... Uh, they got somebody that the Hornets have been coveting for a long time, Miles Turner, and they say, hey, you know, this guy's good enough to start, okay? And then you have Chris Duarte, who was playing meaningful minutes for them last season as a rookie, knocking down three-point shots. I'm sure at certain points in the season he hit sort of a rookie wall, but generally he was viewed as like a legit rotational player in the NBA. Like, it must be super nice for Indiana to be able to do that. Like, I don't know what that's like. Like, I've had to watch, uh, you know, G League highlights, uh. Greensboro Swarm highlights to see James Booknight and Kai Jones and I don't put that all on them. That's some of that's on the organization. But now Mark Williams comes out. He's getting thrown around like a rag doll in the paint. I don't know if he's going to be a legit rotational player. I'm just, I'm frustrated, man. I mean, like, at what point do we say, okay, Mitch Kupchak has spent all his draft capital. It's back to zero. We don't know what's going on. You can't draft a rookie that, that can play in the rotation. What's going on? Um, I think you are spiraling, and I think you are angry at Mitch Kupchak after what's taken place this offseason. And it's understandable, Doug. I'm here for you to vent, too. But we are not taking away the good graces that Mitch Kupchak has given this team with his ability to draft, at least not right now. I think what he's done is at I'm least— I'm on the, the verge. I am on, I am on the rooftop. Yeah, and, and maybe you would have rather had somebody else and they took a different player instead. Understandable? Cool. But— LaMelo Ball is their best draft pick that Mitch Kupchak and this franchise has ever had. I mean, that's certainly within its possibility, considering LJ and Alonzo Mourning are probably the other players you're thinking of in that moment. Also high draft picks, but LaMelo, I mean, he very well could be that player. So that just took place. And it wasn't this slam dunk selection. People were debating it. You also have P.J. Washington in that realm, pretty good solid pick you know I we, we've talked about PJ a lot Miles at the time Miles considered a good pick until he picked up this felony domestic violence charge 
second round picks too which I don't think can be overlooked a guy that you exchange for first round and Devonte Graham we know Jalen McDaniels right like I get it man I think I think Mark Williams it's what not have you off done to for a, me lately that's what Mark, I want to know Mark I'm Williams just saying I'm on, I'm on the edge I'm on the edge I'm on the rooftop are. I'm Jeremy Strong in succession I, I got my hands on the glass I'm not I'm not ready to jump but I'm. You can tell. I don't have to say anything. You don't have to write the piece of dialogue. But you can see that the, the thought is crossing my mind. I'm. I'm ready to say like this. You know, we're back to zero. Mitch Kupchak, what are you doing? Come on. Um. Yeah. I mean, I. I need to watch Succession in order to get that reference. But I imagine I need to bring you off of that because we haven't seen Mark Williams play a regular season game yet. We saw him play against the Celtics, and it wasn't great. Fair. Okay. But are okay. We can I? Can I? Can I just say one thing? I, I wanted to try to pause you at a. I, I'm not trying to interrupt you. I just need, I, need, I wanted to slide this little response to what you just said there. Okay, mm-hmm. I know we haven't seen Mark Williams playing a regular season game, but if he continues to play like he did in that first preseason game, we won't see him play in a regular season game. <laughs> the problem is we saw him struggle the first summer league game too, right? And then we saw okay. him play better. And the, I, okay. I wouldn't describe Mark Williams as soft in the summer league, would you? I I didn't think that at all. No, but that's a, it's a different ball game. It's why like I, I caveated what I said about Kai Jones in that first preseason game with, yeah, he's playing late in the game when it's people that are fringe trying to make the roster, 15th person. So like I need to see Kai Jones play. Like that's the thing. You're playing at three minutes to go in the third quarter, which means that you're playing the other team's fringe players. You got to be better than that. In fact, you need to be so good that I say – I not only say – Oh, I, I, he looked good, but like he actually deserves some more time against better talent. But hold on, but but now we're getting away from your first statement about how he wasn't the first overall pick; he was the fifteenth overall pick, right? Like we need to have some grace here for Mark Williams. I understand it's tough because the Hornets don't have that advantage or they don't have that cushion but at the same time it's not mark williams fault that they don't have that cushion i i think we we can have some type of growing pains and i still think defensively he can be a guy that deters people from going into the paint so we'll see but it wasn't very good in this first outing against the boston Celtics. anyway what, what were you talking about tonight <laughs> um succession i think and and tyler terry i think those were the guys that we'll get to so we'll have more on that coming up next on the lockdown hornets podcast don't go to sleep on the hornets just yet we have a new addition to the charlotte hornets uh broadcast team who's working alongside eric collins del curry ashley shamity we'll get to that in just a moment coming up next lockdown hornets I need you to remind me, Doug, that was our last break, right? I don't have to take a third or a fourth one. That's correct. We are on the verge of wrapping up this preview edition of Locked on Hearts. Glad to be talking about actual basketball again, by the way. Love it. Yeah, it it is pretty nice. You know, even though you've been angry 100% of the time talking about actual basketball, it is nice to talk about actual basketball. Well, the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is indifference. And I am not indifferent to the Charlotte Hornets yet, uh, but they, if this center position doesn't resolve itself in the next couple of years, I'm I'm closing in on Carpenter B status. But I'm right, still well, right we, now. I'm still Carpenter. I'm still on the you know I'm still passionate about what's going on with this organization. Uh, we have slandered Carpenter Bees a ton, saying that they bring no value to the bee world. And I am sorry to Carpenter Bees. If you're tuning in and you're watching YouTube with your family in the hive, please, I apologize for Doug's uh, behavior towards your general existence they'll be all right 
let's talk about the broadcast team with this Charlotte Hornet squad here. Not only do you have the legends that are Eric Collins and Del Curry, Ashley Shamity is coming back. This is like her fourth or fifth season now. Doesn't feel that long ago that they made the transition from Stephanie Reddy, who would go on to do some national stuff. But Ashley, I believe, maybe this is her fourth season. But yeah, so that trio has been going at it for a while. And now they welcome somebody new, Doug. But I know you have a comment here real quickly. Well, just on Ashley Shahamadi, you mentioned uh, Stephanie Reddy, who's doing a lot more with uh, you know the big NBA umbrella. I saw that some of these NBA preseason games and some of the lead-up here in Summer League, that the NBA is starting to borrow Ashley Shahamadi and, and, oh, and highlight right. her in some different roles. And I'm just saying, it looks like uh, that, that Charlotte is becoming a little bit of a, a, a farm community for uh, some of these play-by-play or, or sideline announcers, and, and that's cool. That's cool to see hey. them move their way up into the big into the big house. Hey, Eric. I, I Look, one of us, do you want to go at this next job if Ashley leaves, Doug, see who can get the sideline reporter job? I would like to see you get it, to be honest with you. You would be <laughs> much better than I'm too, I would. I'm too dangerous for radio. You think I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm way too dangerous for the sideline report. Mark, you're you know? a bust. Get off the floor. <laughs> oh, see, Stop being say- soft. All right, I see. I'm fair. I'm I'm fair. I'm not, you know. Yeah, I'm fair. But but you're too fair can be fair. But fair can be dangerous. That's what I'm saying. Fair can be dangerous. You are the fireball ride that actually stops when people are upside down at the top of the circle. I'm sorry, George Lynch. You're a new part of the broadcast team, and we haven't gotten to you because we got to fair ride somehow. But George. George Lynch. 1993 champion with the North Carolina Tar Heels, a former Hornet, played there for one season. I believe maybe won a championship with the Lakers, too. I know he was on the Lakers, but don't know if he won. Either way, um, George Lynch now, a part of the broadcast team. I don't know anything about him as far as broadcast goes, Doug. I I had some, you know, I had some uh, little birdies tell me about some of the other people he was competing against. So I don't know. Some of the yeah, I don't know if that's wow, okay, okay to, to yeah, I don't I don't have any it's not you like probably, you probably you're, if you stuff. I'm just gonna be your producer right now and say you probably don't want to spill that kind of tea on this show. No. I, I, as tempting as it might be. But congratulations to George Lynch. Yeah, a bit of a mystery to me as well. I don't it's not a name that just kind of popped up as like, oh yeah, I heard him doing such and such and New Orleans or Philadelphia or some of these other spots that he was in and you know like a you know Kendall Gill you know does some stuff for Chicago like there's just right. some names that you know like oh yeah yeah they do such and such in in this place but yeah so it'll be interesting to see um how that that translates I mean obviously I uh loved uh watching my guy Wes and Wes was a good friend of the show here I loved watching him oh, yeah. fire you know he would do fire or fizzle on the show I'm sure we'll have him back for for more because he's paying attention he's in the community he's part of the show he's a friend of the show he's family uh, so I, I hate that he's not going to be on, um, but I, you know, I just knowing Wes, like I'm pretty sure he's going to land on his feet. Yeah. Uh, I have, I have a feeling too. And me and Wes, Hey, in the meantime, we've been doing some shows together and we've been oh, doing, cool. we've been doing fire or fizzle on WFNZ. You and stole we, my bit. I cannot. It. Oh my Completely God. Why do people it. keep stealing Completely. my stuff? Completely. First, this we, is Charlotte Hornets with, they stole uh sky miles from me. And Eric, no, Eric, friend of the show, he comes on a lot, so I want to be careful here. But the last time they did Miracle After Midnight, no one yep. credited the show for that. I don't even, I don't even want them to say Doug Branson, although that would be nice if they be R A N S O N. That's fine. Like if you want to say, if you want to put it on a Chiron, I'm fine mm-hmm. with that too. If you want to show my face, I'll send in a headshot. But what mm-hmm. I'm saying is, at least say Locked On Hornets came up with Miracle After Midnight. They're not doing that anymore. Keep stealing stuff from me, and now, and now my own yeah. co-host is Stole taking. It. 
taking Ripped my it. bit that I created that I kind of stole from Wes and stealing it again. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. We we brought it back and I'm I have no I have no bearing in actually making this thing exist. I will say Doug, I don't know if make I don't know if this will soften the blow here, but we did give you a shout out before we did it the first time last week. We did say that this was made up by Doug Branson of the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Oh, wow. So we did give you a shout out if that's okay. okay. We did mascots how about give my, today. How about give my bank? I'll give you my bank account number. You can give that a shout out. That's what I. Well, don't actually don't shout it out over the air. That's um, I don't want to. I don't want to lose anything out of the account. I, I'd actually like you to put something in the account. I'll give you my Venmo. That's what I want okay. you to shout out. Shout out my Venmo. Yeah, let's check out your Cash App. We'll uh, we'll help you out there. No, I did give you a shout. Um, we did mascots today, so we're doing because did you see? Actually, this is something we need to talk about. I don't know why our show didn't lead off with okay, this. Okay, well, we have a couple minutes, so make it quick. All right, but no, we'll just talk about it in the next break. So, what happens is <laughs> the top. <laughs> so, I don't know if you saw this list. If you didn't see the, by the way, we we do this stuff, we say this stuff, and we don't explain it, and people don't watch every show. There was a, a couple of shows ago, Walker, after after a disappointing uh, day of watching the Panthers, was feeling right. a little saucy about Baker Mayfield. You don't know me. You have no clue and, what I was feeling. And he he came in and he tried to toss us to a. We we've been taking two breaks. Since this show was founded, this is the whole model. Now, to is, be fair, it's a little surprising. I've never done this before. Like you would think, out of all of the shows that we've done, not one time have I ever accidentally thought we only took one break. But this was the time. So right. Yeah. But the model has the been forever: three segments, two breaks, and you try to throw us to a third break, and I had to be like, uh, "Well, actually, we don't have. Don't do that. We are not coming up again." That's right. So anyhow, mascots. Um, yeah, top five mascots. Um, actually, oh, do you want to do the fan? Uh, I don't have enough. We're not going to do the fanfare. So on the top five highest paid mascot list in the NBA, Doug, I think it's Rocky the Mountain Lion, who's actually making $625,000 a year. Um, the top five showed Benny the Bull up there. They showed the Phoenix Suns gorilla mascot up there. But Hugo comes in at number five, making wow. $100,000 per season. So... Um, awesome for oh. Hugo. We yeah, straight fire. Hugo, one of the no better. Wonder, no wonder you don't know who's under the mask. He's trying to. It's like one of these lottery winners trying to protect his his or her identity. Yeah. the The question we'll end on is, what would it take for you to be Hugo? Would it be absolutely nothing? You'll do it right now as a volunteer, or would it take some kind of uh, substantial amount of money? Anyone who's watched this show knows that I like to dress up. So uh, I would I would enjoy uh, I would relish. The role of being Hugo, although I always wonder, like, you know, Hugo, especially nowadays when people are a lot more sensitive to what happens, in, especially on camera and and with entertainers and and different things. So I just wonder, like, how that's evolving because you know, I, I bet if you looked back in some mascot past, like they they've probably done some things that like now would be considered. Well, I don't know if we do that. I don't know if we I don't know if we go and 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 handle the customers like that anymore. So I would wonder. You know, it's a lot. It's a lot like watching old episodes of Family Feud with that uh, Richard Dawson. You know, when Richard <laughs> Dawson would. You know, yeah, like we don't do we don't kiss people anymore. Like we don't do that kind of thing anymore. So I wonder. You know how they they walk that line. I'd love to ask that person, but they don't reveal themselves. And now that I know how much money that person makes, I understand. I I would I would relish the opportunity to be Hugo. Can I quickly give you my top five favorite mascots? I'll do it real quick. 
Yeah, real quickly, I just want to envision the the red flowing hair in the air after you jump off the trampoline, kind of sneaking out of the Hugo helmet. Right. That's what I envision with you as the mascot. Okay, now you can give us your top five. Right, well, then my head falls off, and it reveals that I've shaved my beard, and all the kids who have been dedicated listeners to and, and viewers of Locked on Hornets, then they start to cry like my baby cried when I mm-hmm. shaved my beard. It would be a whole incident. It's why, yeah, it's why, it's why I'm too dangerous. I'm too dangerous to be a mascot. I'm too this dangerous is, for radio. I'm too dangerous for the sideline. I'm also too dangerous to be the mascot. This is diarrhea at, at our, coming from the mouth here at the show. Like it's just constant running and running and not getting to the point. Who are your top five mascots, Doug? And then we'll move on to the fourth break. Okay, number five. <laughs> number five is the one time that I saw Super Hugo, but Super Hugo didn't look as fit as Super Hugo usually looks. It's number five. So it was okay. <laughs> it was it was like a super. It, it wasn't. You know, how Super Hugo has like I don't know if they're fake abs, but they has like the abs. He's this super. super Hugo. Yeah, this Super Hugo looked like super-sized Hugo. Looked like biggie-sized Hugo. Mm-hmm. Um, this was not the superest of Hugo. So that's number five. Number four is Super Hugo. <laughs> and number three, uh, my third favorite mascot is the Hugo, the little mini Hugo that comes out and does like I'll do it on camera. Does like the little wibble wobble, the wibble wobble Hugo. You know what I'm talking is about? Is he what, is he the inflatable Hugo where he yeah, like yeah, kind of yeah. changes in the costume and then he's bouncing on on the top of his head? Okay, gotcha. Right, right. And then number two is going to be just regular old but new Hugo. Okay, a lot of classic. You know, Hugo is out there doing his thing. He makes uh, how much did you say he made? Or she? 000. I don't know. 100K. How much? Hundred K. That's insane. That's I'm sorry. Triple Dig. Although, you know, the the mascots, you don't know this, like the mascots, you may not know this, they do a lot more than just show up to game day. Like they're out there doing like the book, the the charity events, the book drives, the educational stuff. So I'm sure I'm sure the organization's getting their money's worth with that hundred K. Uh, all right, my number one favorite mascot is the OG Hugo, the one that was developed by Cheryl Henson, daughter of Jim Henson, creator of the Muppets. <laughs> Go wow. back. I just want you to Google, OG, you know, the the first Hornets mascot Hugo. Go to Google and Google that. Uh, that's what you do at Google. You Google stuff, and uh, I want you to look at what that that original OG Hornet. It looks kind of scary, and, but it, but I like to be frightened, and so that's why it's my number one mascot. Okay, that we, we need that one for this show. We need that scary mascot for us. All right, thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen every day. For your second listen, get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes every day with Lockdown NBA. Lockdown NBA, it's your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. I guess we'll just go ahead and wrap up the show here. We will be back with you tomorrow. We'll give you a recap on what took place with this Hornets Pacers game preseason contest number two. Until then. Have a great rest of your day.